Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at myhomechurch.org. We're going to be diving or continuing our series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've been unpacking the nine gifts that we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 with respect to uh, the manifestation of the Spirit. It's bigger than a gift. It's actually ways in which God wants to make himself known to people. It's really beautiful, and I hope that your heart has been touched as we've been on this journey together. And what we're going to look at today is, um, is a gift called word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. So the last, the last uh, two weeks ago, we started to shift gears into a set of the manifestation gifts known as the uh, discerning gifts or revelation gifts. It includes words of wisdom, discerning of spirits, and also words of knowledge. This is a gift that God provides. Um, it's something that he reveals to us. It's, it's a supernatural revelation. And I, I just want to say I, I think you're going to be so encouraged today as we begin to dive into this and see how God wants to move in our body in this way. If I were to give a subtitle to this, I would, I would probably call it The Power of Being Known. You see, one of the things I want to break in this series, and I hope it's already started to happen, is one, I want to break this idea where the Holy Spirit and God doesn't move this way anymore. He's a God of power, and when he moves this way, it's not just so, so that power is demonstrated, but he's glorified and it captures hearts that say, oh my goodness, he's real, for no man could do that. But the other thing that I want to do is I want to break the stigma of how these gifts are, are so, uh, they're so out there that there's no application to our lives. You follow me? Why would I ever want to see these gifts move or hunger for them or pursue them, as Paul says, because what benefit do they really have? And what I want you to see is the personal connection that these gifts have to our everyday life. And when words of knowledge flow, what we're going to see is there's this incredible reality where people are coming into awareness that they're known by their creator. And I want to really emphasize this today, the power of being known by God, because when you know that God knows you and everything you walk through, He's been there with you from the beginning. He had you on his mind before you even took your first breath. Everything changes in your life. When, when uh, just to, This is just my personal experience, and then we'll, we'll jump into this. But when it comes to the gifts that we've, that we've talked about, um, I, I pray for God to work through me in all of these ways. But this particular gift, this particular way that God likes to visit us and manifest among us, there's nothing that has stirred my heart more than words of knowledge. We were a few years ago at a conference called Jesus Conference, and man, it was, it was, uh, it was the first time we went. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, maybe you guys have heard of a man of uh, Daniel Kalenda, who took over for Reinhard Bunke, who did crusades in Africa. You're talking about in his mid-20s, just seeing millions like gathered and just so many people um, giving the hearts of the Lord, just crazy. And so you have these guys and these women that are sharing and people are being saved. And you see all these gifts flowing and it was incredible. But nothing stirred me more than when there was this pretty unassuming guy that stood up. His name was Sean Bowles and he came up and kind of just shared very nonchalant. And then at the end, God began to move through him with words of knowledge. And he began to actually call out people by names and then began to speak into their life prophetically of what God was doing. And you watch people get wrecked when they found out that God was aware of their existence, God was aware of the hardship they were going through, everything changed for them. 
So that's the journey that we're going on, and I want you to hunger for this and pursue this because I'm telling you, we're going to share some testimony today. We're going to see in the scriptures how both scriptural testimony and everyday testimony will share some things uh, from uh, Sean Bowles in particular. I promise you, you're going to be stirred for God to work through you this way. All right, you ready to go on this journey? All right, let's, let's dive in. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 8. I want to just hit this right away. I know we've shared the scripture before, but for those of you who are here for the first time, just so you see this, I didn't list all the gifts here, but Paul begins to initiate this list, and, and in this beginning part, he includes the words of knowledge. And this is what he says. It's on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 8. It says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for the common good. So when these gifts move, they edify the body, and they actually aid us as we reach out to people. Verse 8, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, or the word of wisdom, the message of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, the word of knowledge. This is one of the discerning gifts, revelatory gifts. So here's what I want to do before we just hit this hard with application and share testimonies and stir our faith and then pray for God to release this in this body. Uh, what I want to do is just really important, just take two minutes to lay a foundation for you. It's really important. I want to just teach for a moment before we get into application. Um, when it comes to gifts like words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and the prophetic, a lot of times what happens is, and I've done this, and it doesn't really until recently I'm starting to see the clear distinctions, but we typically group everything together and just call it prophecy. Um, but that's not, that's not actually the case. As we learned last week, um, words of wisdom, wisdom is not just knowledge, it's applied knowledge. So when knowledge is applied and carried out in our life, what we see is there's a tangible impact upon our lives. That's what Proverbs teaches us. When you actually live out the ways of God, your life begins to prosper and flourish, and everyone else around you says, how is this happening? And it actually is a, is a testimony and an advancement of God's kingdom in its own way. Prophecy speaks primarily to the future, and we'll get into this in the upcoming weeks. But with words of knowledge, there's supernatural knowledge of facts that do not come through study, research, experience, or really any human means. Right? So... First, a second Timothy says, study yourself to show yourself approved. Everyone should study the scriptures diligently. I'm, that's uh, very important. This is not that type of knowledge. This knowledge doesn't come through, through, this through that type of study. To give you an example, these gifts often work together. Um, the prophet Nathan, when he uh, confronted uh, David about his sin, he received a word of knowledge of David's sin. But then he received a word of wisdom as to how to approach David in order to bring David to a place of repentance. You guys know that story. If he just would have went to him, David would have probably denied it. So instead he gives a story of injustice that grips David's heart. And then he says, David, that man's actually you. He had a word of knowledge, then a word of wisdom. A lot of times what happens is when words of knowledge flow, it then leads into the prophetic as well. Because people are so stirred when, when things about their life begin to be called out. They're like, how did you know this? And all of a sudden, they're now receptive for, now for God to speak into their life and have an encounter with God. Words of knowledge often lead into, um, the, is an incredible platform for healing. What often will happen is someone may have, um, God may download a word of knowledge for a, a particular illness that's in a room. And what's really happening is the scriptures say that when we know the will of God, 
we can then pray with confidence because we know his will and we know that if we're praying according to his will, he hears us and he'll do the very thing we've asked. So when words of knowledge flow, what actually happens is, is God is giving us insight into his will for the moment. So when we hear that, all of us can gather around and say, God wants to do this. Therefore, we don't have to waver. We say we have the utmost confidence. He's revealed this to move in this area. Are you following me? Again, this isn't a knowledge through, that comes through hard study. In fact, just hang with me for one more moment in teaching this. There's actually two primary words in the Greek for knowledge. There's gnosko and then epigonosko. Gnosko is a knowledge that really comes through experience. It's an intuitive knowledge that takes place in the moment. Where epigonosko is a knowledge that, that is clear and complete and comes more through your study and research. The word that's used in this gift is gnosko. It's not a knowledge that comes through the study. It's a knowledge that comes through intimacy with the Lord. And so what happens is, is in particular moments, the Holy Spirit will reveal the mind of Christ to you, whether it's a certain fact about something that someone's going through, whatever it may be. And in that, he's revealing his heart and his will for this person. Some of the things that you may see, and we're going to look at these, is names. Man, let me tell you, when some, when there's some testimonies of, of people being called out where, where someone comes up and says, hey, I don't want to sound weird, but is this your name? Like random people on the street, and they're like, yes, how do you know that? And then it provides this platform to say, well, I feel like God, God gave that to me, and he wants you to know that he sees you. I'm telling you, people get wrecked by this when they know that God is aware of their existence and what they're going through. We see, we see this for words of knowledge over provision. As I said, healing, it goes across the line. But what's happening is, is, is the Holy Spirit, he's, it says in Colossians 2, 3, that in Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So what's happening is in particular moments, the Holy Spirit is literally drawing out the treasures of knowledge. He's revealing the mind of Christ to you. And in specific moments, God's giving you words of knowledge for people, facts about things they've been through, stuff they, that they're walking through, whatever it may be, to let him know that he's with them, he's aware of them, he cares for them. It's one of the greatest ways that God extends his compassion and love towards us. And so I say that so that we lay a foundation that this gift is not just about gaining information. It's not just about the transferring of information. God is trying to make connection with his people. And this is important because we live in an age of information where we prioritize or value information above almost everything. Companies spend millions of dollars to, make, to find out more information, to make advancements in, in, in their business. And the point is, is that when God moves this way and words of knowledge flow, it's not so we can use this to make advancements. <laughs> God is trying to draw his people to himself. He's trying to connect with his people. God is looking for people to partner with, to reveal his heart to the world. Do you want to be used like that? I don't know about you, but I, I want to be used like that. I'm telling you, when I, was at, when I was at Jesus Conference and I saw people just get so touched through this, I said, God, if you could use me this way to bless people, Lord. And Going through it this week, my heart has been so stirred to, to come back to that place of hungering and stepping out in faith. And so the purpose of this is to ultimately let someone know that God is aware of them. He's aware of their situation. He's aware of everything that they're walking through. And what happens is, is when people receive this, this word of knowledge, uh, in these particular moments, it actually creates awe and wonder. Because they're brought into awareness that God sees them. And that God intimately cares for them 
and is aware of the very specific details of their life. Are you following me? It says in the scriptures that God is omniscient and he's omnipresent, which means he's all-knowing and he's all-present. He's everywhere and he knows all things. Now, those are encouraging truths, but what can happen is that can actually lead us to a place where God becomes very impersonal. He's everywhere. He knows all things, but what about me? And when words of knowledge flow, what happens is, is the God who is present everywhere reveals that he's present right here. And the God who knows all things reveals that his eye is actually on you right now. And he knows exactly what you are walking through. Do you, do you understand how important it is for people, for each and every one of us, to know that we're known by our maker? Do you know that, do you know that we, were, we were, were made for this? Our hearts long for this? To know that God, God's eyes is upon us, that his affections are ever towards us? And do you know that's the reality? We're craving this inside, each and every one of us, to be known by God. There's, there's something inside of us that craves for someone to be able to explore our depths, know every part of us, and still want us. So when words of knowledge flow, it's one of the ways God says, I know everything about you, and I want you. We can be vulnerable and open with God. He's so aware of everything we've done, and yet he still says, I choose the cross for you. Listen to me, I want to just, I want to speak into this, the power of being known. I'll share some testimonies, and I'll leave you with just some application, just some practical things that you can do to, to step out in this. If you go through the history of the Israelites, the three, arguably the three lowest moments in their history is their slavery in Egypt, their wandering in the wilderness, and their exile into Babylon. Across the board, most agree this is the three lowest moments that they experienced. And do you know what God did to encourage the Israelites as they went through their hardest seasons? What was God's strategy to, to instill hope and inflame hope into his people as they walked through this, these difficult seasons? You know what he said? He said, I know you. He said, I'll never forget you. I see you. I see what you're going through. I know what you will go through. You will not walk through this alone. His way of encouraging his people was to remind them, my eye is always on you. My pursuit of you never ends. You mean the world to me. Even though you may walk through this, know this. I know every detail, and I'm walking through it with you. Do you know that the scriptures say that he knows the number of strands of hair on our head? <laughs> That's not just so, it's not something just to sound cute. <laughs> He's trying to encourage us. And so I had to look it up. I said, how many strands of hair do we have? <laughs> Some of us a little bit more than others. <laughs> but the average human has 100,000 strands of hair on his head. God knows every one of those. Do you know that it says that if he could, if we were to collect and try to count all the thoughts that God has towards you, that it would outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore? I don't know about you, but when, whatever I find myself drifting towards and thinking about, that's what my true treasure is. Do you know what God is trying to express to us? He's crazy about you. You're his treasure. He thinks about you all the time. His thoughts are always towards you. He's always aware of what you're going through. My friends, he's aware of your hopelessness. He's aware of those seasons of depression that you can't get out of bed. 
He's aware of the financial hardship that you go through and how you can't sleep at night because of it. Do you know that he cares more about those finances than you do? He's aware of the time when you lost a loved one and you were weeping. He was there with you. And he wants you to know, I've been there with you through it all. Do you understand how powerful this is? I can't even share the testimonies, but there are times, for example, where someone has lost a loved one when they were younger. I'm just using an example, 10 years old. There's testimonies of God downloading words of knowledge to say, hey, I'm, i got to ask you something. Did you lose your brother when you were 10 years old? And all of a sudden, the person's wrecked and say, God just revealed this to me. And then all of a sudden, God just starts speaking words that bring such hope and encouragement to let them know God has been with them through all of that. Man, I want to be used in this way by the Lord. He's aware of everything that you've been through. He knows it all. And I don't know if there's anything that can bring greater encouragement to the heart than to know that God has, has been there and his eyes on you and you're not walking through life alone. And if we would hunger and open ourselves to be used this way, man, we could so edify one another and then those that we minister to on the streets. You with me? There's a story in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. I'll just share it. You don't need to turn there. It's the story of Zacchaeus. I always mess that name up. Hopefully I got it right. Zacchaeus. Uh, Zacchaeus is, uh, was a, uh, the chief tax collector. I'm going to share just some things from Scripture so you understand when someone uh, realizes they're known by their God, it just wrecks them. And Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, and he had a real desire. He found out that Jesus was, was passing through town, and he had a real desire to see Jesus. What he didn't realize is that Jesus wanted to meet him even more. And Zacchaeus, as a tax collector, was just looked down upon. He was an outcast in his society. And so he, he longed for Jesus to pass by so that he could see him, but he probably thought that there's no way that Jesus would ever stop for me. He'll probably pass by me. And so it says that Zacchaeus, he was short in stature. I picture like maybe a hobbit size. <laughs> I don't know what he looked like, but he was short. He had to run ahead. He got to a sycamore tree. He climbed up, and as Jesus passed by, the most incredible thing happened. The creator stopped and said, Zacchaeus, come down off that tree. I want to come into your house and have a meal with you. It was a word of knowledge over his name. He said, Zacchaeus. No one had told Jesus that name. That's a word of knowledge that he, gave, that he had over his name. He said, Zacchaeus, come down off that tree. And I just, I just wonder the amazement. Zacchaeus is, is in shock that Jesus would stop for him. Jesus knew his name. He was the one out of everyone should have, should have been passed by, and Jesus stopped to speak into him. And, of course, everyone around began to snicker and say, oh, how could Jesus meet with this guy if they only knew him? And Jesus says, I know everything about him, and I want him. I just wonder, I wonder what would happen to Zacchaeus, his, his reputation, for this was a man that was known as a crook and a criminal an outcast in his society, but when they saw Jesus give him attention and care and show that he knows him, I can't help but wonder if they finally for the first time saw this man as a person and not a crooked criminal. My friends, you know how many people are in this community that so often we walk by, so often I walk by, they are the Zacchaeuses, the ones we say, leave them to the side. 
And the Lord is, is so, it's all of us. It doesn't matter how nice it looks on the outside. As we're walking by, there are people who are dying on the inside, and they're waiting, waiting for an encounter like this, for someone to come by and call out their name and say, well, how did you know that? And say, Jesus sees you. He knows what you're walking through. He loves you deeply. In that moment, Jesus reveals to Zacchaeus that although the world or that community hated him, in the, in the eyes of God, the God of the universe, he had, in, he had so much significance. He meant so much to him. You know, there's another, another story of a word of knowledge that I love. We've shared it briefly before, and I know you're probably familiar with this. It's the Samaritan woman, where Jesus goes out of his way to meet with this woman at the well. Again, we've gone through this because of the timing of when she went to the well, which was during the day by herself. We know that the women went together at night which meant that she was an outcast in her society because of her promiscuous lifestyle. And yet Jesus goes out of his way to meet with her. And as they're having a conversation, Jesus reveals to her, he says, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have one. He says, that's right, you have five husbands. That's a word of knowledge. Now, this is a hard word of, word of knowledge. Her life was wrecked after this when she realized God knew everything about her and was still right there in the moment with her. Listen to me, this is important. Sometimes the words of knowledge that God can give can be concerning these harder things. But know this, Jesus never reveals to add to our shame. Jesus never reveals to humiliate or to embarrass. The reason why he called this out is because his heart is to restore and to redeem and to bring her back into her original purpose and what she was created for. And so from this moment, we see her being launched into an evangelist that goes back into her town to share the good news. Man, it doesn't matter what you've done in your life. Listen, some of us, I know I've been there, have worked so hard to sabotage our life. The enemy has worked hard to destroy God's plans for us, but Jesus came to restore and redeem this. We need to know his thoughts for us. We need to know that the mind of Christ and the things that he, he has for us and the way that he sees us. Are you with me? Listen to J.I. Packer from Knowing God. He's a great theologian. In a book called Knowing God, he says this. He says, what matters supremely, therefore, is not the fact that I know God, but the larger fact which underlies it, the fact that he knows me. I am engraved on the palms of his hands. I am never out of his mind. All my knowledge of him depends on his sustained initiative in knowing me. In other words, I know him because he first knew me and continues to know me. He knows me as a friend, one who loves me, and there is no moment when his eye is off me or his attention distracted from me. And no moment, therefore, when his care falters. Man, if we could just process that for a moment, the power of being known by our maker. To know God is incredible. But it all begins with the fact that he's been pursuing us long before that. And our knowledge of him is based on only the fact that he is continually pursuing us. I want you to look on the screen here, and I want to read the scripture to you. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6. Don't worry, we're family-oriented here. We just go for it. I think there was one time Jesus was teaching. The kids were running around. He said, let them go. That might get a little crazy right now, but, but it's all right. We're just a family here. 
So Psalm 139, let me read this to you. I, I, I put it in the message version because it just, it's, it's written so beautifully. And this is a psalm from David about being known by God. And this is what he says. Is it on there? Beautiful. It says, God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead, you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. I love this. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. The fact that you know everything about me, Lord. And actually, I didn't put this on there, but verse 7 says, Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? My goodness. God wants you to know that you are always in his scope. His affections are always set towards you. And I'm sharing this because I don't want to just release information about a gift. I want you to understand the heart of it and what happens. Because that's where I think we'll have a motivation to actually pursue and walk in it. Which is God is working through words of knowledge to let people know that they're known by him. And he's aware of their situations. So I want to share a few testimonies with you from, uh, from this guy, Sean Bowles, which I encourage you. There's a certain grace upon his life. If you hear, he's one that has stepped out many times to take risk and has experienced sometimes not so well. Um, but he knows that uh, he just kept going for it and kept praying and seeking the Lord. And he was similar similar encounter that I was talking about when he was younger. He, he uh, was with a man who was ministering, and he saw just people breaking as they were encountering Jesus in this way. And he said, Lord, I want to be used this way. And so, he, look, if you go and, and listen to stuff, it's incredible what he shares. But a few of them, real quick, he was sharing one testimony where he was uh, ministering at a, uh, some type of gathering, a conference, and it came to the end of the service, and it was him and the worship leader kind of tag-teaming back and forth, uh, singing and, and just speaking over the people, and it was just a really sweet time. Of, of ministering together, and he says in that moment, the Lord gave him a name and a birth date, and so he's, look, he says there's a moment when you can have this inclination, we'll talk about this in the practical application, where he said, all right, Lord, I'm just going to take a risk and step out, and so as the middle of, of, of witnessing, um, a ministering, he steps out, and he says, is there someone by the name of Barbara something, and then he gave the birth date, and what happened was is that immediately there was a teenage girl who began to break down weeping in the crowd. And he began to speak over her things, things like, God knows your birth date because your life is so valuable. And what he found out was is that as friends began to pray for her, at the end of the service, this teenage girl, Barbara, came up to him and said, for the last year, I've been asking God, does my life have any significance? I've asked him, does it matter if I'm here or not? And she said that she was actually even tormented by suicidal thoughts. And when this word of knowledge came forth that God knew her name and the day that she was born, it just broke this thing in her life. She realized that her life did matter and that God's eye was upon her. There was another time where there's this event. Uh, it was recently, it was called The Send. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called The Send with Lou Angle. It was in Florida. Before that, in 2016, the event was called The Call. And it was at Azuzu Street, or, or it was in, in memory of the Azuzu Street revival. And uh, there's a lot of great testimonies he shares from this. Biggest platform that God has ever given to him to, to share the word. And so he gets out, and first of all, he didn't even have anything. That's a whole other story. 
um, where actually he told the people before, he said, uh, he said, look, you should probably have someone take my session. He said, I just feel God really hasn't given me anything to really speak on. And I know that specifically you want me to talk on this, but I don't have anything. And they said, just go for it. <laughs> so he gets out there, and while he's worshiping, he said, this is important. Actually, right before he goes up, he gets lost in trying to perform. He gets lost in, in trying to make something happen. And he just started to worship the Lord and let the love of God for his people there just, just come upon him. And then that's when God started to download things right before he went up. And so it was crazy in front of all these people. And you can watch the, this online. But there was one couple in particular that, again, he gave um, names and then he gave an anniversary date. He gave an anniversary date. And so the whole crowd is like, looking, is there anyone here? And this person stands up, this one man, his name was Montel. His wife wasn't there. And what he said to him was, you made the best choice of your lives that day when you married one another. And he began to just speak over their marriage and, and just spoke uh, words of life over their marriage. And what happened was, is he didn't realize, is that the reason why his wife wasn't there is because that week they began to file papers for separation that would eventually lead to divorce. And so as he spoke life over this marriage and said, God knows your anniversary date because this marriage means so much to him. They were so overwhelmed by this that after this gathering, they posted this video and sent it out online to say that they're going to fight for their marriage. It's worth it. And so they're still married to this day because of the word of knowledge that came forth. That word of knowledge soaked up years of pain and discord between the two. Powerful when they realized God was aware of this marriage, knew what they were going through, was with them. Last testimony, he got one as well. It's crazy. The Lord gave him a street address. And he, uh, he was ministering again, and he said, a street address. This hadn't really happened to him before. And he said, I don't know. This, I may just sound crazy right now. But he said, listen, um, I just need to ask, does anyone live on Shady Pine Drive? And this lady, again, it's a similar reaction, breaks down weeping because what happened was is just a few months ago, her uh, husband passed away. And she was living alone, isolated in this house. And she actually was praying, saying, God, do you see me? Do you even know where I live? <laughs> and here she is at this conference, and the Lord just singles her out to let her know, I see you. I know where you live. My friends, this is the real deal. The Holy Spirit works in this way, in ways that no man could ever do it, to let you know that he's aware of every detail of your life. And I'm just trying to provoke a hunger in you to ask God and pursue God to open yourselves up to work this way. Because here's the beauty. This, this is not restricted to a certain man. God wants to, to work in this way in all of our lives. God wants each and every one of us to be open to this. Do you know, the way, the way that revelation comes to us based on from the old covenant to the new covenant has changed drastically. In the old covenant, they were contingent on certain mediators, prophets and kings and priests, primarily prophets, who would speak on behalf of God. But now it says that we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. It says each and every one of us are part of a royal priesthood. Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and they follow me. If you are a sheep, if you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, God wants to speak to you in this way to be a connecting point for others to his heart for them. Are you following me? So here's what I want to do. I just want to close off here with just a few practical tips that maybe can help you in, in cultivating this gift and, 
and, uh, and stepping out, and, and then we're going to pray together. All right? You guys with me? Yeah. All right, we'll do, this, we'll do this quick. First thing is this. Um, let, me, let me phrase it this way. Wayne Gretzky, everyone know Wayne Gretzky? Yeah. One of the great hockey players? He essentially had a quote that said this, I've never, listen to this, I've never made a shot that I didn't take. It's, a, it's, that can apply to so many things in our life. In other words, he says, I can't score a goal unless I actually go for it. We're not going to see God move in our lives like this unless we actually step out and take risk. This is really important. And this... This frustrates a lot of people. It frustrated me for a while because I said, if God wants to do it, he'll just do it. And the Lord actually had to show me that I was actually using that phrase as a, as a, as a cover of unbelief. Remember, God doesn't override our freedom. That would violate the law of love and violate our free will. God is looking for partners. And so he'll, he'll come alongside of us and, and nudge us and give us impressions as to move in a certain way. But ultimately, we have to surrender and say yes to that. And there's a level of risk that is involved with that. And I, I understand this because the, the challenge is, is how do we know if it's our thoughts versus God's thoughts? And again, the only thing I can feel like the Lord said is sometimes you have to step out. And what's, what's, what's uh, we'll talk a little bit different in prophecy, but with this, with words of knowledge, the good thing about this is that it's in the immediate. Like either you know that you've, that you've heard from the Lord or not. And look, if you've missed something, remember, the, the idea is not just so that we can transfer knowledge. We're trying to connect with people. So if we say something and, and we say, you know, hey, is your name this? And they, and they say no. And say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought, I thought I, that was your name. But is there anything else I can pray for you for? Right? Like in the past, I've, I've tried to step out. And they say no. And I'm like, goodbye. <laughs> just walk away. <laughs> and uh, it gets really awkward. <laughs> like, don't, don't forget that you're a human still. <laughs> Don't forget to use your human skills. So it's okay to say, man, I really feel like God's impressed this upon my heart for this person. You step out and realize, man, all right, I guess I missed that. But still connect with them because the idea is to connect with the person. You weren't just trying to get perfection on the information you were giving them. Follow me. Um, if, you're, if, if you do miss it, here's one way you can take responsibility is personal inventory. God has been speaking to me about this when speaking. So it's a little bit different, but just to share what he does with me is there's times where, I'm, I'm, where we finish here, I go home, and I realize, man, I feel like I didn't really connect with you, God, or connect as strongly with, with the people. And look, there's a lot of things that can happen with that, but the Lord has showed me there are times where I need to take personal inventory. What did my week look like leading up to that? What was I focused on right before service? Did I spend more time in trying to prepare a sermon or have my heart prepared before him? Right? There's all different things that God will work through. As God leads you, whether, it's, whether you are on or off, you should always step back and take inventory to remember, wow, man, I, I sensed a different weight when, when I stepped out on that. And you begin to build a history with God, and you begin to um, learn his voice, and you begin to grow in this gifting. Uh, the other thing that uh, actually Sean Bowles talks a lot about is, and kind of what we just shared, but be relational, not simply informational especially with uh, non-Christians, right? If when we talk about gifts of words of knowledge or the prophetic moving, uh, when we talk and speak into people's lives, typically our experience is where we come up to someone we've never met. <laughs> we speak for about five straight minutes without them getting a word in, and then we say, thus saith the Lord, and we walk away. <laughs> 
uh, that's not really relational. God is a relational being. He's trying to make connection with the person. And so one of the things that I've noticed that certain men that are really flowing in this um, is they use more of a, a softer language, a question and answer. Rather than just being, God said this, or this is God. Um, look, there can be a place for that, but it's, it's sometimes it's good to just start with, hey, uh, does this date mean something to you? And they can say, wow, that's, that's actually, that's my birthday. And then you have a platform to say, well, I feel like God was just telling me that, right? So I would encourage you to do that as well and try with question and answer. Um, the other thing is start with small steps. David didn't just start with slaying Goliath. He first had to tame the lion and the bear. Um, when you uh, watch someone graduating, they're receiving their college diploma. It's because they first went through elementary school and high school. There was an educational process before they got up there. Many times in our discipleship, God works through an educational process where we learn and grow. It's important. Look, God can have us bypass certain things, but oftentimes he works in this process so that we know his voice. Because what can happen is if we don't, it's possible then when we step out, if we just step out in a very major area and we miss his voice, it can cause a lot of destruction. It can. We need to be open about that, especially when you go into the prophetic. We can step out and we could say, I've heard God's voice in this, and really we didn't. And then we get angry at God because we think he hasn't upheld his part of the side, but really God's saying, you actually didn't hear me correctly. And when we start with smaller steps, we can build a history of knowing his voice. Follow me? Understand the different ways that God speaks in terms of words of knowledge. Look, it's, um, it's, all, it's all different ways. There's, and we can go through the scriptures. We just don't have time. But it's, it's dreams. It's um, visions. His direct voice. Sometimes God speaks in signs. There's all different ways that God communicates these things. And the last thing I'll share is, this is important, is what about the counterfeit? I just want to touch on this. Um, what about things like um, mediums and psychics, right? So let me be clear. Those are very counter to the truth of God. We do not partake in mediums and psychics. But the reality is, is that in, in a certain way, they are flowing with a, in a spiritual way with knowledge. It's just that that knowledge is not pointing to union with God. It's not glorifying Jesus. So that's, that's the clearest marker is if something that is flowing is not bringing you to closer intimacy with Jesus, it's not of Jesus. Okay, it should always draw you near to him. But be encouraged with this. Remember this, that Satan cannot create anything. He can only manipulate and distort and pervert something. So when you see people flowing with some type of knowledge that's not of God, it's not because Satan has created something out of deception. What he's actually done is he's taken something that's genuine and perverted it. Which means when you see someone flowing in the counterfeit, it actually testifies to the fact that this is real. Because only God can create. So when you see that stuff, don't be, don't be scared by that. But be, be encouraged that this is a reality that people can flow in this. And there's a way where it can glorify God. You follow me? I'm going to ask uh, just Brittany to come on up if you don't mind. Papers down. I want to just take a moment to pray for us in this particular area. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a few individuals. After that, for those that need to leave, you can. But I really feel 
One, I want to pray for people that are, that are pursuing to be used in this way. We want to pray for you. Pray for God encounters in this way. But I also want to pray into being known by God. And I know that we're talking about a specific gift, but I really felt that was heavy on my heart, that God wants everyone in this room to know that you're known by him. And so if that is something as well that you're, you're battling with, we want to pray for you. And I believe God may even release certain words for us, for you. And if not, he's still going to confirm that you're his beloved and that he knows what you're going through. So I just want to, I want to pray corporately first, and then I'm going to have a prayer team come up. And for those who'd like to come forward, we're going to pray. Holy Spirit, would you make it so clear to every individual here that they're known by you? Father, I pray for the specific details in our lives right now. The things that seem to be weighing individuals down in this room. Maybe they feel like they're walking alone through this. God, I pray that you would confirm right now that you actually have more attention to that issue than they do. You're more aware of what they're walking through than even they are. Lord, I, I pray for those that are burdened in financial situations. God, I pray that you would show that, Lord, you provide for the birds of the air. You clothe the lilies of the field. And that they are exceedingly more valuable than these things. Lord, I pray for those that feel isolated and alone. Those that wrestle with depression as a result. Lord, I pray that as David cried out, that they would have a revelation right now, tonight, this week. That there's nowhere that they can go where they are out of your sight. Lord, I pray for those who don't know you as Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd reveal Jesus to them. Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, bring them to a place where they surrender their lives to you. God, I pray in this upcoming week that you would lead us with words of knowledge for people in this community, for people at our workplace. God, not so that we can have power and try to dominate someone, not so that we can try to shame someone, but God, so that we can be a vessel for you to connect with them. Lord, that they would come into awareness of who their creator is. God, help us. Holy Spirit, I pray for boldness this week that when we feel that racing inside, that tugging on our heart, that inclination to just step out, I pray for boldness, Holy Spirit, that we would say yes. Father, let us take risk. God, and even as we grow in this, Lord, I pray against discouragement, God, that we'd continue to hunger to be used in this way, Lord. 
God, I pray for those who have lost loved ones and has nearly destroyed them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal like, like Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus, you wept with them. That you were always with them. Lord, like, the, like your scripture reveals, the Israelites, as we walk through some of our harder seasons, God, we, may we be able to testify that we know that you are with us. And you, you have not forgotten us. And you know everything that's going on. Yeah. So Lord, seal this word. Jesus' name may produce the fruit that it was intended to produce, Lord. I ask that you would bless your people as they go. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember what we shared last week or two weeks ago that revelation without application can be a dangerous thing. It can turn us into very, very religious. It can turn us into having form without power. And so I encourage you that as God provides opportunities this week to step out so that what God is downloading right now will grow. Amen.